this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hi and welcome to a special edition of the Book Riot Podcast. We've got with us one of the one of 2016's five under 35 honorees, Sue Lee. His novel Transoceanic Lights uh, was selected by Karen Bender, um, and he got the award. And it was probably the biggest surprise of the five. And I wanted to talk to him and have us all get to know him a little bit better about him and his book. Um, thank you much, Sue, for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. So were you the most surprised person? To, I mean, you were surprised, right, that you got this pick? Yes. Yeah. But you weren't – it wasn't out of left field. Now, if, if I've got the story right, you submitted the book yourself uh, for the honor. Is that correct? Um, not exactly. Not so exactly. Okay, I, tell me the story. Yeah, so I sent it uh, to the National Book Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it was for entry to the National Book Awards. Right. Um, and, you know, really the – impetus for that was because I had um, a couple of extra copies lying around and I didn't know what to do with it. So, so I figured I'd send it. Um, so I wasn't aware that by getting it, you know, to them that I would qualify for the 535. That was not something that was in my radar at all. So, uh, yeah, I was very surprised when I was, uh, when, when I found out. And so, and Karen Bender apparently did the selection who was herself a national book award finalist a couple years ago for a short story collection, I believe. Um, and, and so you got the email and you were surprised? Did you believe it? Did you think it was fake? What, what happened? Because if you didn't know you were eligible and you were up for it, uh, you must have been shocked to see that you won an award you didn't even know up for. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my initial reaction was that this was some kind of scam um, because, you know, you get a lot of emails from vanity presses and publicists and whatnot that'll say something to the tune of, you know, if you give us half a million dollars, we <laughs> right. might be able to get you up on some random bestseller list somewhere. Right. Um, or, or we can mass produce this and, you know, whatever. So, uh, so that's what I initially thought it was. Um, but uh, then I, I, you know, called the number. Uh, well, I responded back to the email, left the phone number, and then um, basically, uh, you know, you know had, a, had a phone call with them uh, afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, found out that it was actually real. So uh, it was pretty. It was pretty surreal experience because I I definitely did not see this coming mm. like at all. That's an amazing. I mean, probably the best uh, return on sending a, a, a advanced copy or a review copy that I've ever heard of uh, yeah, in my, in my yeah. life. Um, okay, so that so that's exciting and congratulations, by the way, and that. Frankly, I hadn't heard of your book before this. I know a lot of the Book Riot staff um, hadn't either, which made oh, that's no. is always exciting no. for us. <laughs> yeah, nobody had it. We're, so we're, so I, I was so excited, and that part of the story got me to look a little bit more at it. And um, but your own story is is interesting as well. In so far as, tell me if this is right too. You started kind of writing on your own. You didn't study writing at least uh, in school. Um, you're a doctor by trade. Um, so how did it, how did this come about that you, you wrote a book? Um, what, what was, what happened? So, um, I mean, I've known for a very long time that, um, that I've wanted to write, uh, you know, really since, since I was a kid. Um, but it was not something that I ever 
really explored. Um, so I think I started writing fairly seriously at the start of medical school. You know, I dabbled with it uh, in college. Mm -hmm. And then when I, uh, when I first started medical school, um, that was when I really started to do it, you know, somewhat seriously. Um, and it just kind of took off from there. Um, so, you know, I, I enjoy, you know, reading fiction. Mm -hmm. uh, and I did a lot of, you know, I, I would say that I probably read on the scale of, you know, 25 to 50 times more fiction than medical textbooks, <laughs> in, uh, you know, during my medical training. And, you, and you're reading uh, a fair amount of medical text during medical school. So that's, that's not, that's not uh, yeah, a joke number. A yeah. fair amount, like quote unquote, fair amount, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, skimming and, uh, and, you know, finding outline PowerPoint presentations right. was, uh, was the way to go there. But, um, but anyway, so yeah, so it, it really started out as just something I was doing on my own, you know, kind of for fun, but, you know, also somewhat seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, the book itself took the first, you know, took my four years in medical school to draft. Mm -hmm. And then um, I did some revisions during, during my residency. Um, but yeah, no, I've never, I've never taken a writing class. I've never, um, I, you know, I don't have any formal writing training. Mm -hmm. So all of this was just uh, sort of teaching myself on the fly and trying to, you know, read as much as I can, you know, classics, contemporaries, whatnot, mm -hmm. and just get a sense of, you know, how they did it. Right. So was was um, the book your first published work? Did you do short stories or anything else before this, or was this what the this was your first go at writing at all? No, this 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 was the first go. Oh, that's amazing. Um, tell me about what you tell me about your some of your favorite books. What what if you had to do your own sort of. Uh, I don't know, creative DNA. Who's, uh -huh. in, who's in your DNA from the, the authors you've read and loved? Um, I mean, pretty much, you know, it's, it's a pretty eclectic range. Um, I would say that the author I was reading a fair amount of during the writing of this mm -hmm. book was uh, William Faulkner. Okay. Um, I, you know, really fell in love with uh, Absalom, Absalom, and uh, Simon the Fury. Mm -hmm. So um, there's just, you know, and this amazing uh, humanity, you know, within, within his uh, aesthetics, so that that balance I think is really really crucial for for really good literature. Mm -hmm. um, so he he's definitely up there, and and I occasionally just return to him and pick up some of his lesser known works, and I'm always I'm always surprised at how much this guy wrote and of mm -hmm. you know, the quality that that he uh, of the work he put out for such a long period of time. Um, yeah, yeah, but I you know I I tend to read a lot of I would say more than half my books I read are mostly in translation. Mm. So I like to read a lot of uh, just international writers, uh, world literature, um, because I think it, it just offers a really nice global perspective, um, mm -hmm. you know, so. Any favorites? Um, I think, uh, so uh, two of my favorite Japanese authors are uh, Yukio Mishima and uh, Yasunari Kawabata. Mm. Uh, both of those, I think, have, you know, an incredible, uh, a very unique voice that I don't think has been, you know, replicated. Um, uh, in, in, in any other author I've read. Mm -hmm. um, more recent ones, W.G. Seabald is probably my current favorite author. Mm -hmm. um, I, I went through a phase where I think I read all four of his published novels uh, in the last year and a half mm -hmm. and was completely, you know, blown away by what he did with the art of narrative. Mm -hmm. um, you know, other classics like uh, Proust, I went through the search when I was uh, during my second year residency that was... You know, that was the thing I brought with me to my, my uh, nights of call. And, you know, when the pager was off, that would, I would just be reading that. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Don Quixote, uh, Moby Dick, you know, sort of the classics. Mm -hmm. So you were starting to write 
um, this story, how much of wanting to write was wanting to write at all, and how much of it was wanting to tell this story? Because it's not unrelated to your own biography, it seems to me. And, you know, it's always dangerous yeah, uh, to say what is what, but how important was this particular story you're telling? And tell us a little bit about the book, too. I don't want to summarize it myself. Why don't you tell us in your own words um, what the book is about? Sure. So, um, I mean, the book is, you know, loosely autobiographical, um, focused on the first four years of the time I, uh, that I was here, so from ages five to nine. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, I would say that the story itself is not necessarily the focal point here. Mm-hmm. I did not write to tell this story. Um, I wrote to teach myself the art of writing. Mm. And the easiest thing that sort of naturally comes is your childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, it made sense to start there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, uh, it's, it is, it is an immigrant story. It is a family oriented story. Um, but at the end of the day, it's basically me teaching myself how to write and mm-hmm. using the material that came the easiest. So rather than have to learn the tools and a new material at the same time, you're like, I have some material of my own. Let's figure out the tools with something familiar. Is that, is that a right. way of summarizing yeah, yeah, to some degree. And I mean, I think a lot of uh, first novels yeah. from, a, from a lot of authors are, you know, somehow autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Um, the next question I was going to ask is, what did you... What what did you learn? I mean, what I guess, what did you find to be surprising about writing the book and teaching yourself to write? Was there anything that was easier than you thought? Things that were harder than you thought? What 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 nuggets of wisdom can you pass on about um, you know basically homeschooling yourself on how to write a novel? Um, I mean, and I don't think I found any particular part you know uh, easy or hard. I think I just really put my head down and just went at it mm-hmm. um, and. You know, you, you, you sort of go at it with, uh, you know, like for me, I, I, I went at it as if there's, there's basically nothing to lose, right? Other right. than time. You know? <laughs> right, right, Other right. Than very precious time. Uh, um, but, you know, I wasn't doing this for a deadline. There wasn't like a contract I was trying to fulfill. There was no sense of professional obligation. Mm. So this was really just, you know, like, you know, the best kind of fun I could have. Right, right? yeah. Like a kind, you know, it's basically an activity that I am, choosing to do on my own with literally zero external uh, driving forces. No agent, no editor, no even like Not, workshop right. teacher Not, or anything. Right. that. You and, and there's something very cathartic and very freeing about that. And so, you know, I don't really know, you know, what the sort of, like, you know, I, I can't really look back at this and say, okay, this was a particularly hard thing to mm-hmm. do or this was an easy thing to do. Like it was just, uh, it was just like a really great experience from start to finish. Mm-hmm. So then you, you complete the manuscript. Um, did you do homework about how to get a book deal? Like, did you get an agent? Did you submit? Like, how, did you do sort of the standard thing where you wrote query letters to agents yeah, and then they picked I, it up? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. I, I, um, I sent it to, I think, about 50 agents. And uh, one responded mm-hmm. uh, and asked for the full manuscript. So I, I obviously sent that off. And then three weeks later, she uh, politely declined. Um, <laughs> And so I, I realized very quickly that um, going the route with an, you know, traditional route with an agent was going to be very difficult for me, mm-hmm. uh, in part because I have no credentials, uh, mm-hmm. no prior publications, nothing. So, and, you know, obviously no connections. So, um, I, you know, I felt that that was you're not... The, you're the slushiest pile slush writer of all right, time right, in that exactly, regard. Right, you know, exactly. I mean, you've got like, a good I, manuscript, but there's really nothing else to recommend it to make right, it stand exactly. out. And so I think, I think just... Statistically, that was just not a good use. Right. Yeah. That was just not a good avenue. 
so then I went to the small presses and I started with just the contests. Mm. So I submitted to about 25 contests over the course of like two to three years during mm -hmm. residency. Um, and I got uh, three placements. So there were like, two, I think one was a semifinalist, which basically just meant I got a little, you know, announcement on mm -hmm. their website. Mm -hmm. uh, and then one was the the one that was really close wasn't was a finalist and it was through uh, I guess Willow Books which is mm -hmm. another small press and um, you know they were nice enough to invite me to uh, to a ceremony in Chicago uh, but I didn't end up winning the actual prize okay um, so that just kind of fizzled out mm -hmm. uh, so basically after that you know I was able to put together a slightly better cover letter saying at least you know this thing had been recognized yes, right. By yeah. The other, you know, places, um, and then you know, coming upon um, Harvard Square Editions, which is the press that's currently publishing the book, um, that was really just pure coincidence. Like I got a newsletter from from a different press that, you know, had this feature, this like bi bi monthly feature where they would um, highlight or showcase a small press in the country, mm. and Harvard Square Editions happened to be on one of them, and they said they were accepting full length manuscripts. So uh, I basically queried them about it, and six months later, I sent a follow-up email, and they said, "Oh, we might be interested. Um, do you want to, you know, try to make some more revisions?" Uh, and then it kind of took off from there. Mm. So you get the announcement that you've won. Um, so the book has been out and done for a while. Were you still writing? Were you working on something else while all of this was going on? Yeah, I'm currently about a third of the way through my uh, next project, which mm -hmm. is basically just a short story collection. Mm -hmm. And the reason I decided to do short stories is because I felt like I should teach myself this form as well. Mm. Well, and the other thing about short stories is, well, now you've got a, now you've got big social proof. You've got something to put on the query letter for this one. But the other thing right. about short stories, you can get them published in, you know, they're easier to publish, get out there a little bit right. Um, right. or something yeah. else as well. So I guess you're not going to have the luxury now of writing for yourself or has it felt the similar way now that, uh so yeah so yeah i mean yes and no i yes think no. i think obviously the the stakes are much different mm -hmm. uh, but i am still doing my absolute best to uh preserve that feeling i think that is the one thing that i'm gonna do my hardest to preserve mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is to keep this sensation you know to keep the feeling that this is a completely volitional uh unfettered um, you know, artistic pursuit mm -hmm. with no, you know, with literally uh, no external pressures of secondary gain or whatever. Um, I know that's going to be very difficult going forward, but uh, that is that is very important to me. Even if it's not true necessarily in an absolute sense, it could be something you just remind yourself of, like this is how I. This is the this is the mode I want to be in. Even if it's not exactly exactly, right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> representative of the real world. Um, so if you could, would you like to write full-time? Would you like, do you like, do you like the mix of being able to write and have a, a different professional pursuit? Um, tell me about your sort of work-work balance. How, how do those yeah, things fit Yeah, so uh, I don't think I could write full-time um, because anytime I'm given like a long weekend, I spend approximately 0% of the time writing. <laughs> so when I have the time, I like don't, you know, I don't know. I, I don't feel as... You, look, you luxuriate in the time, and maybe the yeah, productivity yeah. And goes I think, And I think, that's a, I think that, that affects a lot of people. Yeah, I think it does. <laughs> There's something to be said for the constraint. Now, I don't know about reading Proust uh, during night call and trying to write a novel while you're in medical school. That seems above and beyond. But some kind of constraint where enforced discipline is, 
is part of the game does seem to be a, a magic formula for a lot of yeah. people. Um, so I think for me, uh, I don't think I have the mental energy to write full time. Yeah. Because uh, I, I actually get pretty tired pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, to give you an idea, uh, the, the, you know, the time I spent writing the book. Um, so during the best times, you know, like the, the times where I had to, where I was writing most frequently, sure. it was really maybe like a few hours a week. Mm -hmm. uh, it was maybe like two sessions of, two and a half hours each or something. Um, on really bad times where I was, you know, swamped with work, um, you know, the manuscripts basically just sat collecting dust for like a month at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it was a really, really slow process. And now because I'm out of the training phase, uh, my time's a lot smoother. And mm -hmm. uh, so there is, you know, I can sort of uh, set up more of a regimented schedule. But, you know, despite that, I, I can't really write for too long. Yeah. Um, like, I can't write every day. I, I think that's actually very hard. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm, at best, I may be able to do five mornings a week or something. Mm -hmm. uh, but every day, I think, would, would not be okay. And uh, there's something really cool about being able to do, uh, to, to, to balance sort of two very different things at yeah. once. Um, you know, not to mention the uh, <laughs> the six figure salary. Right. I'm, yes. I'm yeah, sure. About that though, so. <laughs> well, so, I mean, it so is a, it is a luxury um, in mo both senses. In that, you know, there's the financial bit, but also your identity is not pinned on what you're working on. Right. Um, on the page. You know. Yeah. I mean, I think I think there are a lot of great benefits to having something like this. You know, obviously, you know, like. The, there's no financial pressure. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not writing anything to pay the bills, which is a fantastic feeling. Mm -hmm. Like I know that there are a lot of people who are not in that situation. And I don't, I can't even imagine the, uh, the amount of stress you would go through, yeah. you know, if you had to write but, and, and know that the success of it, you know, determines whether or not you paid mm -hmm. you know, rent or something. Um, so that, you know, that, that's gone. Um, I think that, you know, the, so I'm a neurologist by training. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I see, you know, I, I treat patients with headaches, uh, strokes, dementias, you know, stuff like that. And um, there is a very sort of, uh, you know, in, in a very real sense of the word, there is a lot of exposure to, you know, the nitty gritty aspects of life, mm -hmm. life, life and death, uh, memory, humanity. Um, and even though I try my best to keep medicine out of my writing, mm -hmm. uh, I, I try to keep the things very separate. Uh, I think that the frame of mind and the perspectives that a job like that gives you um, influences the writing in a very mm. sort of subtle and understated way that can actually be very powerful on the page. Mm -hmm. uh, so I certainly wouldn't give that up because I think that is, uh, that's very necessary. And then, and you know, I, I don't know, just the, just the bragging rights of being able to do both of these things. Yeah, that's right. Stuff. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I'm 535 in neurologist. No big deal. You know, that's just what I do. I squeeze it in when I can, you know. Um, so when you are writing... Do you write by pen? Do you write with a word processor? Where you are? What 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 have you found that works the best for you in terms of the actual uh, getting the the letters into a I guess document of whatever kind it is? Uh, it's basic. It's on a laptop. On a laptop. Um, I, I don't. I never write by longhand. I don't use. I don't write by pen. I'll, I'll do edits and revisions on. You know, I'll print it out and then make marks with a pen. But the actual writing process is all typing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've maybe try doing longhand and it just doesn't work. Yeah. I've tried it my, I, I don't write fiction, but I write some and I've, I've, I've tried it when I was writing my dissertation, especially when I'd get stuck, you know, I think I go, I'll, maybe I'll try longhand and it worked for about a half hour. And the, the best thing it reminded me was that, um, I can't do any work longhand. That's what it, that's what <laughs> it, always, that's what it always reminded me of. Um, did you do any reading? Like, did you read any of like the craft books about writing? Did you do any sort of that meta reading or was it mostly, 
um, take out, read the output and see if you can reverse engineer it? Or did you look at? Yeah, no, I, I didn't read any uh, guides on how to write. The only thing, the closest thing I read to, to that was um, uh, six memos for the next millennium, mm. uh, uh, Italo Calvino. Yep. Uh, I highly recommend that to you know anyone who is interested in writing. I mean, he doesn't talk about how to write. Yeah, I was going to say that's not really a how-to manual, yeah, right? No, now. he talks about the aesthetics behind his writing. Mm-hmm. You know why he chooses certain certain forms of um, of a style or, or certain certain ways of narrative than, than others. And I think that's you know those I think I find much more helpful. The actual day-to-day how-to. Uh, you know, I feel like everyone has their own process right. and you should just figure out what works for you. Yeah, unfortunately, it's like a lot of good advice, which is, well, you got to figure it out for yourself and that'll be right. your process, you know, because some people are like, like you said, you, you, you don't find it productive to write every day or even possible. And some people insist that they've got to, you know, produce 500 words a day and just pound it out. And then they come yeah. back and revise later. And I, that, I'm sure it works for them. I'm sure they're telling the truth when mm-hmm. they say that. But the one, right. size, the one size fits all writing advice is kind of like one size fits all clothing. It's, yeah. it, it fits a lot of people pretty badly. Like a lot, you know, like it sort of fits no <laughs> right. one um, right. in that regard. Uh, so Transoceanic Lights, um, you can get, I just was looking it up. And if you have Kindle Unlimited, you could read it for free. It's part of your package. Um, so that's an easy way to pick it up uh, right now. Um, otherwise, um, out from Harvard Square Editions, um, Sue, congratulations. You get to go to New York, right? You get to go to, you have a ceremony you get to go to. Yeah, that's uh, that's coming gonna be very up exciting. here. I, I get to I get to meet my agent in person. Uh, oh right, hang out with some friends. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a good time. Congratulations! Thanks for being on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.